0: Thank you, You may be seated. This time, Jason Whitaker is
1: gonna bring a special.
0: the same old road for miles and miles. If you've been hearing the same old voice tell the same old lies. If you're trying to feel the same old hope inside, there's a better life. There's a better life. If you got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel low, He's a way maker. If you need freedom, a savior, he's a prison shaking savior. You got chains, but he's a chain breaker. And we've all searched for the light of day And the dead of night. And we've all found ourselves worn out from the same old fight. We've all run to things we know that just ain't right. Well, there's a better life. There's a better life. If you got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel lost, he's a way maker. If you need freedom, a same. Chain well, a chain breaker If you believe it, if you receive it If you can feel it, somebody testify man. It's got to be hard to kind of follow that won't once. <laughs> Miss, Miss Betty Wells is going to have a very special one.
2: Kind of hard to follow that. Mm-hmm. I never thought that it would happen to anyone but me. I never dreamed that I would carry this heavy burden on my knees. I never thought that I'd be standing just where I stand today. I've never known this kind of heartbreak, I've never felt this kind of pain, but you're still God, and my eyes have cried a million tears, you're still God, when my last hope has disappeared, you're still And I know you'll make a way somehow. You're still God, and you're holding me right now. My heart can't find the answer or the reason for this trial. But Lord, I know your ways are perfect, and you've been watching all the while. For to me, you've proven faithful time and time again, and I'm learning, Lord, to trust you even when I don't understand. But you're still God, when my eyes have cried a million tears. You're still God, when my last hope has disappeared. You're still God. You're still God, and you're holding me right now. You're still God, and you're holding me right now.
1: If it's on, there we go. How are y'all this morning? Isaiah chapter 43. Isn't it good to be in the Lord's house? It's good to be among God's people. Thank you, Miss Betty, for that. Thank you, Brother Jason, for that. We wouldn't call anybody out here, promised land. He uh, he came several months ago on a Sunday night. We had him come, and his family's visiting this morning. And I said, well, you're here. I'm sure you got a song, don't you? He said, it, well, it's in the car. And uh, so he went and got it for us. Thank you for that very, very much. It's good to have all of our visitors here this morning. It's good to be saved. It's good to be a child of the King. And uh, this week, man, there's so much sickness. We have a lot out still sick. We've been battling it at our house and uh, head cold. I'll be honest, don't even feel like being here. But I'll tell you, he's worthy of it today. And I'm so thankful that he allowed us this opportunity. Thank you for being so faithful to the Lord. I want to ask you to stand for the reading of God's word this morning, Isaiah 43. Isaiah 43 and in verse 7. Even everyone that is called by my name, for I have created him for my glory. I have formed him, yea, I have made him. That's pretty simple, isn't it? Notice what he said in verse 8. Bring forth the blind people that have eyes and deaf that have ears. Let all the nations be gathered together and let the people be assembled who among them can declare this and show us former things. Let them bring forth their witnesses that they may be justified or let them hear and say it is truth. Ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen. That ye may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. There's only one God, folks. I, even I, am the Lord. And beside me there is no Savior. I have declared and have saved and I have showed when there was no strange God among you. Therefore... Ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, that I am God. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for the reading of your word this morning. May we apply this to our hearts. Lord, I pray souls would be saved today, but I pray as saved people that we would realize that our number one purpose in life is to bring honor and glory to your Son, Jesus Christ. Lord, your word said that if we lift him up, that he'll draw all men unto him. Lord, I pray that you'd help me lift up Jesus today. Lord, give me grace that I stand in need of to preach your word. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You may be seated. I want you to keep your finger there and look in First Thessalonians chapter 2. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and in verse 12. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. In verse 12, I want you to see this as our text this morning as we get started. It says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 12 that ye should walk worthy of God who hath called you unto his kingdom and glory. The Bible is very plain in our text in Isaiah and now here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 12. He said, and hath called you unto his kingdom and in glory, Child of God, you have been called to the glory of Jesus Christ. I want to preach to you this morning on the subject called... To his glory. If we go back to Isaiah, we see there in the very first verse, Even everyone that is called by my name, for I have created him for my glory. Child of God, I want you to know you have been called unto the glory of Jesus Christ. You have been called to bring honor and glory to the king. The question is, what is glory? Glory comes from the Greek word word doxa there in the New Testament, there in First uh, Thessalonians. And the word means to bring manifest, manifestation, to bring splendor, to bring brilliance, and to bring brightness to the Lord. Glory is simply shining a light on who God is. If we're saying give God the glory, that means tell people who God is. Everything that we say or do ought to bring him honor and glory. You see, God is not here walking with man, but God has sent us here to bring him honor and glory. You cannot physically see God. But you can see God in a lot of things because he has created a lot of things to bring him honor and glory. You say, preacher, how do you know that God is real? Because the creation sings and speaks of the glory of an almighty God. We know that God is real from the birds that sing, from the trees that blow. May I tell you that anywhere you look, you realize that God is real. You realize that God is the only God. And he created all of this and he created us to bring him honor and glory so that one day when every man will stand before the Lord and may I tell you whether you believe in God or not you will stand before the Lord one day and we will stand before the Lord without excuse why because we have enough here on earth to speak to the realness of who God is. May I tell you, there is no excuse to go through this life and not find Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Understand there's enough glory of God in this world to reveal His power, to reveal His name. May I tell you, if you go through this world and never recognize God, you're blind. Because everywhere you look, you can see Him. Everywhere you look, you can see His existence. May I tell you, God is real. Y'all didn't hear me? God is real. And everywhere you look, everywhere you go, you can see the glory of God. You can go to the darkest place of the earth where all the sin is, but yet God still shines a little glory in every dark place. I don't know about y'all, but I'm thankful for that today. So what does God need me for? He's got the birds. He's got the trees. He's got the mountains. Lord, he has the creation to sing of his glory. Why in the world does he need me to bring him honor and glory? It's kind of interesting as you go through the scripture that God has always had a physical manifestation of his glory. When God created the first angels, uh, Michael, Gabriel, and Lucifer. Lucifer in the Hebrew is uh, the, the sun of the morning. It means a bright star. Lucifer was was created for the physical realm of the glory of God. You see, Lucifer was the most attractive angel. And, and, and the beauty of Lucifer brought glory to God that when something or somebody looked at Lucifer it it spoke to the greatness of God because in the physical realm Lucifer brought God honor and glory but you see Lucifer wanted to be like God and so Lucifer was cast out of heaven and so God lost the physical manifestation of his name so then he created Adam and Eve and Adam and Eve was created for the honor and glory of Jesus Christ you see God wanted to fellowship with man and so he created Adam and Eve he desired that Adam would bring him honor and glory what happened Adam and Eve failed didn't they and they fell in the garden of Eden so what did God do then then he created a nation he lifted up a nation in the nation of Israel and this is our text in Isaiah 43 he's talking to the nation of Israel he lifted up a nation what was the purpose of the nation of Israel that all nations could look at the nation of Israel and see that God is real And God desired when he lifted up the nation of Israel that no matter if you were from Egypt, no matter if you were from Iran, or no matter where you were from, that when you looked at the nation of Israel, you would see the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and that you would see his power in all that he is. But what happened? Israel messed up. They rejected Jesus as their Messiah. So what did he do then? He lifted up the church. Understand that the age in which we live no longer is it up to the nation of Israel to bring God honor and glory. It is the responsibility of his local New Testament church to bring him honor and glory. Do you realize that he uses us as his local New Testament church to shine in this dark and dying and lost world? Do you realize it's our responsibility so that when people in the world see Jesus, that they see Jesus in us and through us. If the world is to see Jesus, Jesus through anybody, it ought to be the church. What's gonna happen when the church goes to heaven? He's gonna send two witnesses. And he's going to send these two witnesses so that there's a physical manifestation of the glory of God. That means there is not one man or one woman that will go to hell that will stand without excuse. Every individual in hell had a chance to be saved. Every individual that is lost, dying, and going to hell has sometime or another seen the glory of an almighty God. There will nobody stand before God and say, I didn't know. There will not one person will stand before him and say, I did not know. I didn't know you're real. May I tell you, everybody will stand before him without excuse. Everybody will see the glory of an almighty God. It's not about not knowing. It's about rejecting. It's about rejecting. But friend, God will let you know who he is. I don't know about y'all, but I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for that, that he let me know who he is. Number one, glory should be our purpose in life. I want you to look in Isaiah 43 and verse 7. It says, Even everyone that is called by my name, for I have created him for my glory. I have formed him, yea, I have made him. He said, Bring forth the blind people that have eyes and the deaf that have ears. Let all the nations be gathered together. Let the people assemble. Who among them can declare this and show us former things? Let them bring forth their witnesses that they may be justified, or let them hear and say, it is truth ye are my witnesses saith the Lord and my servant whom I have chosen. Understand that we have been chosen by God to bring Him honor and glory. Child of God, you listen to this. Your calling in life is to bring God honor and glory. Everything you say, everything you do, every decision you make should not be to the exaltation of your life, but should be to the exaltation of Jesus Christ. Everything you do in life ought to be Christ centered. God has chosen you, God has called you. Bless God when He saved me, He called me to serve Him. Do y'all hear me? We are called, we have been chosen to serve the King. Understand that your true purpose in life is to bring God honor and glory. How many people are struggling today because they can't find themselves? They say, I don't know my place in life. I don't know what I need to be doing. Child of God, I'll tell you what you need to be doing, and that's serving the King. That's serving the king. You'll never find fulfillment till you follow Jesus in service. May I tell you, your purpose and your calling is to give God honor and glory with all that you have. Now, I want you to look at this. I want you to follow me in scripture here. Look in Jeremiah. Look in Jeremiah chapter 1. And I want us to think about this calling because God has called every one of you. God has chosen every one of you. And so many times we think, well, I'm not a preacher. You know, I don't have a big place. May I tell you, wherever you are, God can use you. God can elevate you where you are. God needs you where you are. You are right where God has placed you. And understand that you have a special place in his kingdom. You have a special special purpose in his kingdom. And friend, if he can use me, he can use anybody. If he can use me, he can use anybody in the world. And I thought for the longest, God can't use me. God can't use me. But understand that God had my life planned out for me before I was ever born. Do you know God planned your life out for you? Notice what it said in Jeremiah 1 and verse 4. It said, Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. You know why abortion is wrong? Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. That's why abortion's wrong, praise the Lord. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee and ordained thee a prophet unto the name. Before he was ever born, God had his place and purpose for the life of Jeremiah. In verse 6, then said I, a Lord God, behold, I cannot speak for I am a child. How many of y'all said that? You can't use me. What can I do to bring you honor and glory? I I don't have fancy speech. Let me tell you something. I'm a redneck from West Monroe, Louisiana. And when I was thinking that God was calling me to preach, I said, God, you must have messed up. There's no way that God has called me to preach. I wouldn't speak in front of four people, much less 400 people. There wasn't no way. I said, God, there's no way. But you see, God had a plan for me before I was ever born. And before I ever thought about what I wanted, God knew exactly what I needed to do in life. Notice what He said in verse 8 Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. (laughs) Isn't that beautiful? God is with us. God is with us. Notice what he said in verse 9. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. See, I have this day set thee over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down and to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. You see, Jeremiah had a place in God's kingdom. That was not Jeremiah's decision of what his place was. But this is what Jeremiah's decision was. was, was whether or not he was going to submit to the will of God. Let me tell you something. God has called every one of you to bring him honor and glory. And it's not up for our choosing. God has a place, God has a plan, and God has a purpose. But the choice that we have to make is whether or not we're going to get inside the will of God. You say, preacher, I don't want to. Well, there's a man by the name of Jonah that said the same thing. And may I tell you, God cannot tell you what to do. God cannot make you do something, but he can be very persuasive. And if you do not willingly get inside of his will, he can allow things to take place in your life so that he can get you where he wants you to be. Now, I want you to look in Exodus chapter 9. If you're with me, say amen. Exodus chapter 9. Exodus chapter 9, the Lord is talking to Moses and he's talking uh, to Pharaoh and and he's telling Moses to carry my words unto Pharaoh. Notice what he said in verse 15, For now I will stretch out my hand, that I might smite thee and thy people with pestilence, and thou shalt be cut off from the earth. And And in very deed for this cause have I raised thee up. For to show in thee my power and that my name may be declared throughout all the earth. You see, God was doing the events here with Egypt for the very purpose for his name to receive honor and glory. He said, for this very deed, for this cause, have I raised you up. Let me tell you, God has a reason for putting us where we are. God has a purpose in everything in life. I don't believe in coincidences. I don't believe in luck, okay? I believe in the sovereignty of an almighty God. You are where you're supposed to be by the sovereignty of God. And you give God wherever you are at all times with every breath that you have. Whether it's singing, whether it's witnessing, whether it's at work, whether it's at school, you give God honor and glory for this very cause. For this very cause. We don't know why we go through what we go through, but you give God glory through everything you go through. You don't know all the reasons. You don't know everything down the road, but whether you're at the high hospital or the doctor office or at the house, give God honor and glory. Give him glory. Notice in John chapter four. I know we're going through scripture this morning, but isn't his word good? Isn't his word good? John chapter four. I want you to notice something that Jesus said. Sometimes we struggle getting in the will of God and living a life that brings honor and glory to Jesus Christ. But I want you to know there's nothing more fulfilling in your life than serving the Lord. And I'm going to tell you something sitting on the pew is not good enough. Okay? God, won't, God has called us to so much more than just sitting on a pew on Sunday. You see, God has called us so much more than just going to Sunday school. God has called us to live and be the church. God has called us to bring us honor and glory, not just on Sunday, but child of God, you ought to serve God as much on Monday as you do on Sunday. Understand that every day you go to work and school, you ought to bring God honor and glory in everything you do. May I tell you, there's nothing more fulfilling in your life than serving the king. There's nothing that should satisfy you more. Notice John 4 and 34. Jesus hath unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. My meat, what fills me up, what satisfies my soul, Jesus said, is to do the will of him that sent me. What satisfies me is to honor the king is what he says. Child of God, let me ask you something. What satisfies you? If you want to be honest today, you know like me, there's nothing more satisfying than serving the Lord and giving our life for Him. It's meat. It's meat. We waste so much time chasing the junk of this world. We we waste so much time chasing after this and that when we ought to be living a life of service and dedication to Jesus Christ. And again, I'm not just talking about coming to church. I'm talking about being the church. I'm talking about living the life. I'm not talking about talking about the life or preaching about the life. I'm talking about living it out. Every day in our life, it ought to be meat to you. And may I tell you, there's nothing more fulfilling in life than doing what God's called you to do. I'm telling you, man... I love to preach the gospel. They say, man, Brother Buddy, they say, man, he he preaches too long. I don't care. I love it. It is meat. This is what God has called me to do, and I can't get enough of it. And man, I, poor old brother Hayden, he, he's not going to stand a chance here. I'm going to try to let you preach as much as possible, but it's hard because it's meat for me. It's meat when you're fulfilling the will of God in your life. And when you go out and you bring him honor and glory in everything you do, it is fulfilling. It's better than catching a crappie, amen. It's better than killing a buck. I'm telling you the greatest feeling in the world is following Jesus Christ and serving Him. We need to quit getting so hung up on physical things and we need to get hung up on serving Him. Man, I, t- I love to hunt, I love to fish, I like it all. But I'm telling you, I love to preach the Word of God. Man, I love to go out and to witness. It is something there that is so fulfilling. Just last week or week before last, me and Brother Hayden went and got to lead a a young lady to Christ. We got in the van, and man, we were just in tears. I said, isn't it awesome? Man, we were just grinning ear to ear. I said, let's just stop and let's give him glory. We just stopped and we prayed, Lord, just thank you. And Brother Allen, there was nothing. I slept so good that night. Man, it's so fulfilling. It's meat. It's what we need. We don't need this other stuff. Boy, I got quiet. We don't need this other stuff like we think we do. But we need to follow him. We need to bring him honor and glory. We need to lead lost souls to Jesus Christ. We need to be faithful and dedicated to him. We need to pray every day. We need to read our Bibles every day. We need to be faithful to Jesus. And I promise you, child of God, he will bless you for it. He will bless you for it. Number one, it should be our purpose in life. Number two, it should be our passion in life. Look back in our text in Isaiah 43. In Isaiah 43, you say, Preacher, why, why should we sell out? Why should we do everything for the honor and glory of Jesus Christ? Because very simply, there should be not anybody that you love more in this life than Jesus. It ought to be your passion. Notice what he said in verse 10. You are my witness, saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen. Now listen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. Why should I give my life to the glory of Jesus Christ? Well, number one, because I know him. Number two, because I believe him. And number three, I understand that he's the Christ and the Messiah. Why do we give and dedicate our life to Jesus Christ? Because he should be the preeminence of our life. Our passion should be about the person of Jesus Christ. Notice what he said in verse 11. I, even I, am the Lord. And beside me there is no Savior. There was a day that I was dying and going to hell, but right now I'm headed to heaven because of Jesus Christ. He saved me. He redeemed me. He forgave me. May I tell you, there should be nothing greater in my life than my love for Jesus. May I tell you my love for Jesus ought to come before my love for my wife. who? Before the love that I have for my children ought to be the love that I have for Jesus. Ought to be a more. Ought to be more in love with Jesus than anybody else in this world. Ought to have more love for Jesus than any hobby, than any job, than anything that I have in life. Child of God, we need to get our priorities in order. And the love of Jesus Christ ought to be the center of everything that we are. Do you understand the reason why we fail Him so much? Do you understand sometimes why we fail Him? Because we're not loving Him like we're supposed to. And if we would make him the preeminence of everything, wake up with Jesus on your mind. Go to bed with Jesus on your mind. Go to supper with Jesus on your mind. Let Jesus be the center and the focal point of everything. We got so much junk and garbage focusing on, we can't even put Jesus in the midst of things. Jesus ought to be the focal point. When you put Him first in your heart, you'll put Him first in your life. When you put Him first in your heart, you'll put Him first in your family. When you put Him first in your heart, you'll put Him first in your church. Child of God, may I tell you, we need to put Him first in our hearts. You ought to love Him more than anybody, than anything. Jesus ought to be number one. Love Christ. You know why? Because He first loved us. So why do I need to love Jesus? Because he loved you when you were unworthy to be loved. When I wasn't fit for the kingdom of God, bless God, he died for me. And he saved my soul. Child of God, remember where you come from. Oh, our passion ought to be about his person, but our passion ought to be about his position. I, even I, am the Lord. And beside me, there's no Savior. They traveled one time to find the bones of Muhammad, and his bones were there. They looked to the tomb of, of Baal and Balaam, and their bones were there. Because they're no real God. A dead God is nobody's God. You see, when they went to the garden, his bones wasn't there. <laughs> A dead Savior is nobody's savior. But may I tell you, there's only one risen Savior, and it's Jesus Christ. You say, preacher, how you know? Because he defeated death, hell, and the grave. And bless God, his bones are not here. His body's not on earth. Bless God, it's at the right hand of the throne of God. May I tell you, he is alive, he is risen, and he is the only Savior in all of the world. You can talk Baal, Balaam, Muhammad, all of that. There's only one Savior, and it's Jesus and him crucified. Jesus is the Son of God. Of God. I'm telling you, you know why we ought to commit ourselves to God. Because Balaam's not enough. Muhammad's not enough. But Jesus is. And there's people every day laying down their life for Muhammad. There's people every day laying down their life for Baal. But how many people truly is laying down their life for Jesus? Oh, it got quiet. People are committing suicide for Muhammad. People are losing their minds for these false gods. But how many Christians truly lay down their life for the only true Savior in the world? Oh, he's real today. And that's why we ought to be passionate about him. That's why we ought to give him honor and glory, because he's real. This, this nation's a mess. A Democrat Republican is not going to fix it. It's Jesus that's going to fix it. That's why we better get passionate. That's why we better get busy giving him honor and glory because Jesus is the reason. Jesus is the answer. Jesus ought to be the focal point of everything. You say, you one of them Jesus-only people I guarantee I am. You mean Jesus is the only way? He is the only way to heaven. There's not many ways. There's one way. And that's why I'm passionate about it. Because without him, we're dying and going to hell. Child of God, have you committed yourself? Are you fully giving yourself to the honor and glory of Jesus Christ? It's your purpose. It's why you exist. Why has God allowed us to live this day to bring him honor and glory? Why did we get to get up today to bring him honor and glory? Child of God, we ought to be faithful to him. We ought to be serving him every day. Make it your purpose. Make it your passion. Lost person, maybe you've never been saved. I want to invite you to be saved today. Maybe you're here and you need to join this church. I want to give you that opportunity make that decision.